You're listening to The Awesome Podcast, where we celebrate the achievement and lessons of women-owned food and beverage manufacturing companies in Canada. You're tuning into our session with Leanne Kissel, who owns Soul Brew. My name is Leanne Kissel, and I'm the owner of Soul Brew. We make alcohol-free elixirs with functional mushrooms and herbs. They all have apple cider vinegar as the base and a combination of functional mushrooms and herbs that serve the body in a different way. We have four unique flavors and formulas and two different sizes, 26 ounce bottles and then the Mickey size or 13 ounce bottle. And they're consumed just like a spirit. So you can drink it as a shot, you can pour it on the rocks or make an alcohol-free cocktail out of it. We have very intentional names based around my personal sober journey. So the first one was Restore, and the flavor profile is Smoky Orange. The second one was Elevate, and the flavor profile is Lemon, Peppermint, and Rosemary. And the third one is Connect, and the flavor profile is Lime, Berry, Rose. And then the last one is Inspire, and the flavor profile is Apple, Lavender, and Clove. In June 2020 is when we launched. I think getting to the point where I wanted to launch the business, I had to do a lot of reflection around the success I had before that point to really have that confidence. I started to reflect on the experiences I had before and saying, hey, I remember when I wanted to do that, I set this goal for myself and then I accomplished it. And then this other time I wanted to do this and I accomplished that. So I really had to lean into those experiences because there is so much insecurity when you go to launch your own business. Like, how is this going to work? Am I going to have enough money? All of those questions come into play. So I really had to lean into the experiences I had before that time. And then just connecting with other entrepreneurs who had been in business, you know, a year or two years before me and asking them a lot of questions and seeing that, you know, a lot of the feelings that I was having were, was very normal. And then once I did launch, really feeling all of those emotions that they had described when they launched their business and knowing that I wasn't alone and that everybody experiences these things. And I constantly stay connected to them just to feel like I'm not alone and that I'm on the right path. And then, like I said before, just the not getting down on myself. And when I just started and I used to get some objections from potential customers or hard no's that used to really weigh on me. And I just kept thinking, oh no, my business isn't going to survive. How am I going to do this? And then, you know, realizing that my emotions just got the best of me and that wasn't the case at all. And that I just had to continue to focus maybe in different areas or look to different potential customers. And then also learning that no's don't really mean no. They just mean not right now because I've also had those same customers that once said no, come back to me and say, hey, we'd actually like to order your product now. And that's another thing too, is not taking it personally. The first few times that I was taking it personally, oh, they don't like my product. Like they don't like me. I'm, I'm a failure, but it's not about that at all. It's they, they don't know if the, the product is a fit for their particular market. They don't know if it's going to sell maybe. And with my product, it's actually, it could be fairly triggering for people. Uh, because it's an alcohol-free option for people who are drinking alcohol and here there's this option. Maybe they have, they feel internally like they have some, some challenges with alcohol and now there's this alcohol-free option. They might sort of push that away because they don't want to face that within themselves. I've learned that one. That's been an interesting one, but I, I definitely have a lot of patience and respect and compassion for that experience. 
but I've always been very competitive in nature. I think that came from my sports background over the years. And with that, I think I, I became really hard on myself if things didn't go the way that I wanted them to, or if I made a mistake. And that would often just set me back a couple days. I'd be down on myself and just kind of go down this rabbit hole and not really able to bounce back very quickly. And since launching Soul Brew, I've noticed that I really had to focus on the things that I can control and learn that wearing so many different hats, it's inevitable that I'm going to make some mistakes or, you know, have some challenging experiences. Not allowing no's or objections really set me back and just, you know, allow myself to feel the emotion, but bounce back and and focus on the next day because every other day is so different. (laughs) It does feel like a roller coaster at times, but being able to find a balance with my emotions has been, I think, the most important key for longevity as an entrepreneur and with this business. I would say asking for what you need. You know, you can be very diplomatic about that and and asking, not being afraid to to say, you know, where your boundaries are and, you know, whether it's your price and this is as low as I can go for you and just being confident with those types of responses. I also just, I've noticed after chatting with a few different female entrepreneurs, we've talked a lot about our intuitive nature in business and how that's really helped with our success too. Just intuitively knowing sort of what what's coming up in the room the energy of the room, who they're talking to and how to talk to them. And I think that's, that's been really important here too, for me. I don't want to say no to the other genders out there, but I think just maybe biologically, just that human nature, that motherly instinct, I think really kind of creates that naturally for, for us. I'm always checking in every hour or every minute to see sort of where I'm at with my stress level and really trying to find a balance consistently throughout the day. I've definitely seen, you know, stress, it it creates that fire to get things done. But I've also noticed that sometimes it gets the best of me and I'm feeling out of balance for a little bit longer than I want to. Some ways that I, I really like to, which is also connected to the Soul Brew brand, is, is I say get grounded. And by that I mean being grounded with, with what I need, whether it's just you know simple as I need to eat or I need to drink some water. I think as entrepreneurs, sometimes you can be on your computer for like six hours and haven't taken a break. And just those basic human needs haven't been met. And then also getting out in nature, I think is, is so important. It's connected to our biology. So I'm actually living out west here in Vancouver right now, just growing the business out here. And I'm lucky enough to be able to jump into the forest anytime I like to. And also the community aspect. So really staying connected to my community, which is my, my family, who's back in Winnipeg, my partner here who lives with me, and just having some, some personal time as well. And just having some downtime away from the work tasks, I think is so important. definitely like when COVID came around and then I decided to launch my business, I kept saying that I was grateful for being in manufacturing because there's, you know, there was a lot less rules around customers coming in and all of that. We didn't have to worry about that. And I just don't know if I'd ever really want to walk down that path. Maybe do some pop-ups or something because, you know, you're less restricted with, you know, a lease space. 
Luckily enough, I haven't experienced too bad of a supply chain issue. There's definitely been an increase in shipping costs for me. I do get some, some supplies from overseas. You know, I looked to source those same supplies locally, as in the U.S. There was not really any options within Canada. They were essentially getting them from overseas as well. They were just marking it up. So I was paying more, but still having the same lead times of, you know, three to four months, um, but more expensive and also not, you know, not, me not reducing my carbon footprint in any way because they're still sourcing them from the same place. I think I would really like to connect with maybe some, some more of the Canadian manufacturers for these supplies to see if they're able to, to make them. That'd be ideal, but I know that that takes a while for, for that to change over and for them to have that equipment to make the particular type of supplies I'm looking for. <laughs> still trying to figure it out. I think just like the, the shipping costs have gone up quite a bit. It still hasn't put me out of the market in terms of my where I need to be to be, you know, the margins where I need to be. I know that ingredients have been a struggle for some. I think even with, for me, even with the, the mudslides and the road closures, I do source most of my ingredients from BC. So there were some issues there. I had to pay for air shipping, which really does add a lot of costs, unnecessary costs. I solidified some new funding for me just last week. And I was up every night worrying about that because as you grow, you need to, as a manufacturer, you need to source those ingredients beforehand. And sometimes your products don't go out until like three months later after you've purchased it. So you need to have a lot of cash flow to manage that. This is another thing I've actually learned while launching my business is I love to make spreadsheets. And I love looking at the numbers consistently, which I think is really important for a small business as you scale up. Because for me, I was bootstrapping for the majority of the time. I was also able to, I had some success with some, some grants, some local ones in Manitoba, and then with you guys as well with Awesome. And that really helped uh, my business and, and getting some money back for that. But I just secured some funding for quite a bit more over the next, like I would say about the next year to get me through and so that I can order products and not be receiving things just in time. Cause that's also really stressful too. I mean, ideally you want it to be just in time, but you also want to have some cushion when you get those new orders coming in. Cause it's hard. If I have a new customer, say they ordered a larger amount and I don't have the financial means to purchase all of those supplies and ingredients, then now I'm telling them they have to wait for three months before they get their first order, which sometimes means they might not, they might just say, okay, we'll forget it. Very happy that I've secured this funding because it'll allow me to get a little ahead of the curve and be ready for more orders coming in. I think it's smart to look at different trends in different markets as well, because there, there seems to be that trend that, you know, we're a couple of years behind the US and then we're at five, 10 years behind the UK. So if you look to those regions, you can kind of see sort of what's coming next. I mean, not that far in advance, but I, I did look to the UK for some inspiration and the US is getting pretty saturated now. There's quite a few alcohol-free options out there. But I've also noticed too, while moving along with my business is like where my product falls into and it falls into two categories, the alcohol-free category, but also the functional beverage. And there's research around those two different categories growing at different rates, you know, with potential for growth for, for down the road. 
And I think the alcohol-free category is expected to grow till 2024, and then the functional beverage is expected to grow up to 2027 or 2028. So I feel like my product is is positioned and, and could be positioned in, in both, at least where I am selling in liquor stores in their alcohol-free section, but I'm also selling in the wellness section in at a grocery store. We actually, uh, we just got a larger order for five stores in New York. They're an alcohol-free bottle shop. Like there's alcohol-free bottle shops popping up around the U.S. And I'm, I'm hoping that that will happen here in Canada. I think maybe another year or two or so. There's the, you know, the gin and the rum replacements. And then there's the beverages like mine that aren't trying to create a flavor that's similar to an alcohol, something that's just very unique that can still be consumed during a social experience. I would say if you're really passionate about an idea, to go for it, to not allow other people to bring you down or, or question what you're going after. I, I definitely had some people, when I shared with them my idea, I had some people who were in pretty, I would say, powerful positions and um, tell me, oh, that's not going to work out or, oh, yeah, there's going to be this pushback and you shouldn't even bother. And I, I really didn't like that kind of response because you know they don't know the the business or they don't know the environment and they don't know me um so i think that you just have to really have a lot of trust in yourself and and just go for it and listen to that intuition Thank you for listening to the awesome podcast where we celebrate the achievement and lessons of women-owned food and beverage manufacturing companies in Canada. Learn more about our community at beawesome.ca.